0: Oh, do I ever have a conspiracy for you based on such little information? I mean, I have, I saw a half a second video clip and I went all over it. Some would say it's as big as the uh, falling out of Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. okay everybody here we go now look everybody just calm down relax there is nothing to be stressed about we're just going through a bit of a time and we're gonna get through it but it's nothing to overreact to i'm relaxed Jacob's relaxed. We're both relaxed, and we are here to try to calm you about the early goings of this Blue Jays season. This is Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming. He is a perfectly relaxed and rational Jacob Beeman. Jacob, say hello to the listeners. Hi! <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm just people. going along. I
0: actually do feel pretty loose right now. Well, Jacob just took an allergy pill, so he's probably going to be asleep in 10 minutes, and you're going to have to listen to only me and my duck voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know It just came to me like it was true. Uh, so the Blue Jays, they lost to in their home opener, the Dunedin home opener, 7 5 to the LA Angels.
1: And I made Anaheim, a Anaheim man. It's Anaheim. It's the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. Well, they, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I don't remember. They can I don't pretend care. whatever they want. I've been to that place, man. It's nowhere near Los Angeles. You got to drive an hour. It, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It says Toronto on the Blue Jays jersey. Are they anywhere
0: near Toronto, Jacob? No, I think they're in fucking Dunedin. Touche. All right. I made a bold claim on the last podcast that said the Blue Jays would never go (laughs) below 500 all year. They went below 500 as quickly as they possibly could. Uh, That was probably the worst thing I've said on the podcast. uh, And I have said some doozies. The Blue Jays lost two of three. In Texas against what can only be um, described as a horrible Texas team. Um, We saw the uh, derby pitcher Tanner Roark just get absolutely laced. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen uh, a major league pitcher look like that? There was no movement on his pitches. They were slow. They were belt high and you know the kind of swings that hitters take when position players come into the game, they just sort of like get down to a knee and they try to like really just crack it out into the outfield just to see what happens. That that's what it felt like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, I've I've seen that kind of stuff before in a pitcher. And it was last year in Tanner Roark. Um pretty much the same story happening <laughs> happening so far this season. Um just just uh Real bad, real bad. So,
0: it, it's fair to say you've only ever seen Tanner Roark like outings um, when watching Tanner Roark.
1: Mm, I mean, I, I I didn't prepare and like think about this, so really, I all all <laughs> I can see is Tanner's face when when you're talking about this. Ooh, ooh, I'm so sorry to do that to you. He's actually, you know what? He's got a handsome <sighs>
0: face. You know, don't Jacob he doesn't the, you take that beard off and you're looking at a weird but face but the
1: beard is nice it's sculpted nice he's got the salt and pepper the hair is quite nice I will say it's just everything I, from the chin down with Tanner that's less no. desirable to me
0: his sculpted beard pisses me off because I was like why didn't you put that much effort into your pitching? <laughs> uh, and then they lost the next game. We're not going to talk about that. Let's get into this 7-5 home opener loss to the LL Angels of Lana Lime. Now, last night, we had Ross Stripling on the hill. Um He's a he's a stage up for Tanner Roark for me mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, you know his stuff doesn't look too too dominant. Doesn't look like he's going to trick too many people. In the post game uh, interview last night, he said, "Ag, I'm really tired of telling you guys I'm pitching well, but not getting results." Mm-hmm. Well, I'm tired of it too. He uh, we had some big moments though. We got a a fucking rocket home run by Vladdy. Yes who continues to look good although I will I do have some thoughts on that uh, a little bit later we got a we got a dinger by Kevin Biggio which I still I'm not really sold on definitely in the 2 spot and my big problem with last night and we can get into the Davis getting picked off we can get into some of the pitching decisions you know these guys come up with a runner on second and extra innings, and they're swinging for the goddamn fences. Teoscar Hernandez goes down. Vladdy swinging for the fences. Guriel swinging for the fences. The the approach with some of these young guys, and I get it. I get that they're young. They want to be superstars. They want to be champions. And to get to that place, you have to go through the shit. But they're all trying to do the same thing. Like, I suppose going to get back surgery before he connects with one of those swings <laughs> that he's taken on the ball. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was just looking through the game log again uh, this morning and it was Marcus Simeon was the only one in extra innings in two innings that didn't strike out either swinging or called strikes caught looking. That's, that's bad.
0: That's, they're striking out all the time and yes they faced Garrett Cole but after that you tell me what pitcher is supposed to strike them out as much as they have whiffed at the start of this season
1: yeah and it's strange because i don't know it's i don't know like Vladdy's strike out like to me the whole game before that and almost every game so far seeing his approach it, it it's like yes he's lost the weight he's more athletic everything is is like turning up vlad but to me like his eye is better. It's back to like he sees the ball out of the hand as a as a ball before I'm when I'm watching on TV before I can even tell if it's a ball. Like I'm so impressed with his eye right now. So, I don't want to rip on him Me, too much it, in that extra innings cuz I'm just I'm so over the moon happy for what's happening with Vlad right well, now. Well, here's
0: here's here's what I'll say about that. And this is what I I think and, you know, doesn't really matter what I think, but here it is. It's situational with Fladdy. but right. when, when things get down to the crunch and there's a moment where he can drive in a tying run or a winning run or the game's on the line, his approach changes a little bit. And I think, I don't think he's getting necessarily fooled and swinging at balls that he, and at, at balls that he's like, oh, I thought that was a strike. I think he knows damn well it's out of the zone. He just wants to hit it because he's that talented. He's that skilled. Even in his RBI single at-bat, he got completely fooled on uh, two pitches where he was taking these big hacks, and then he's able to just drive the ball into right field and get that running. And I was just like, man, this kid's so good that he can do that. Yeah, He's just like, all right, all right, all right. I'll just hit it. I'll just hit it. But when I watched him in that extra innings, and he, he took his first hack, I actually didn't mind it. He took a hell of a rip. He was trying to tie the game 7-7. But he just seems like he is a little bit overanxious in those moments. And so my first question is for you. Who do you want up in a big moment on this team right now?
1: George Springer.
0: Who do you trust in a big? That's exactly <laughs> my answer. That's exactly. I went down the list and I was like, nope, 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 nope. And I was like, it's George Springer. Georgie, baby. That's who you want. Yeah. And he needs to teach these kids that through them seeing him do that. Yeah, Bo does not need to swing that hard, man. I get that he—it's one of those things that makes him an exciting young player, and that people love his two-strike approach, and that the the change he makes in the middle of an at-bat is 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 one of his calling cards in this like young part of his career. But it, instead of like trying to make people excited about you just be as talented as you are you don't have to swing that fucking hard yeah
1: the thing that I really notice with Bo and again this is based on pure instinct right now and not looking at numbers but I feel like he gets to the two strike count too often like like too early like I feel like he doesn't like it's always 0 and 2 and we're like okay great now Bo's going to settle in for that 2 strike approach and then like he gets back in the count but like i feel like it's rare where i feel like Bo works the at bat to get to the 2 strike approach when it's like he's taken a ball taken two balls and then and then he rips one like it's always just feels like <laughs> i feel like a bunch of the guys right now just always look at the first pitch just like we're, we're taking that no matter what. All right, sweet. Love that. Love that free strike. You <laughs> guys get that. Then with Bo, it's like either he rips on the first pitch, just s- sells out all, or he just watches it go in for a strike or he fouls it off. Like I just feel like it's so quickly 0-2 for Bo, and then like he settles in and works it. Um, that's that's what I see with Bo, and I just want to see him, I don't know, work get into some more favorable counts for him to take that big swing when it makes sense. Yeah, I
0: I I don't know, like is you don't know the conversations that are had. You don't know that it maybe that's like one of those things where, you know, people say, Man, I love how hard you swing that bat bow. Like you're so aggressive. And and in his first at-bat when he came up, Pat Tabler said on the broadcast, you know, that's good. It gets him loose and it gets the pitcher scared. <laughs> yeah, and it's like also gets him like injured and in a hole 0-1. Yeah. And so I think I, I think it's a like a maturity thing. I don't know. I have no idea. That would be my um my guess on that. Man, there's so much to talk about in this game. I mean, it would be it would be crazy for us not to talk a little bit
1: about Mike Trout. I've got a question for you. Should we consider changing the name of baseball from baseball to trout ball? That's basically what i'm about to
0: talk about <laughs> because it's like when you see these other uh young players or other players in general and they get so fired up and they're like yeah baby I'm gonna flip this bat I'm gonna like it's because they're like they're fired up because they're playing equal competition and like they're they're like trying to win and it's like mike trout has almost like a subtle embarrassment to him that he's like sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just fucking roped another home run. Oh, sorry guys, I just easily punched that down the right field line. Oh, sorry guys, I'm faster than all of you. Sorry guys, I'm bigger than all of you. And you want to see somebody who doesn't over swing? It's Mike Trout. You ever seen Mike Trout in your life take a hack at a ball like Bo takes? And now Mike Trout's much much bigger than Bo yeah. but he has <laughs> such a short, compact swing. It's so powerful. And it just seems so easy. It was, And it was almost like even when he's up and, and they're like, yeah, Mark Trout just <laughs> smashes the ball down the right field line. He's in the second base. Oh, Mark Trout, that's gone. Three, three runs. <laughs> and you're like, oh, like you don't even notice yeah. it. And he's three for four. He's crushing every pitch. He's, he's like a demon on the base paths. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on why. Like I get excited when he gets up. I find it like very engaging, very exciting because you don't you want to see what he's going to do, but he's not uh, it doesn't feel like he's a superstar for some reason. It feels like he's something else, like he's
1: in a different league. I don't know if I don't know if he can overswing. I feel like he's like the way that he's constructed his swing and how juiced he is, and I don't mean that he's juicing. I just mean how like bulky his chest and his shoulders like and because he keep I feel like he's just like if I keep two hands on the bat I can't I can't really overswing. I just chip everything. It, everything's a chip. Yeah. Like it's like half of a swing of a normal person's swing. Like imagine Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s swing going all the way around behind his head hitting Gary Sanchez in the mask and Trout is literally like at 180 degrees of that 360. It's unbelievable. Mike Trout
0: could Mike Trout could hit a home run and be rounding second before Lourdes Gurriel finished his follow through.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's crazy, but actually, like, I know like Mike Trout is obviously the greatest, greatest guy in the league, the greatest player. uh, Maybe will be the greatest player of all time by the end of his career. But I'm so curious, like, if Shohei Ohtani continues, stays healthy for the year, and basically just does what he does, is there any way he can not be the MVP to you?
0: I think it would be a, a real. Real disappointment if they didn't give him the mVp and but i I, I think that I think that if if Shohei Otani was an above average starting pitcher and an above average offensive player, it even gets the mVP That's I, what like, I'm I don't saying. think he has to be like yeah, just exactly. like an OPS so I don't think plus he has of like
1: one oh three just like uh, like above above average it has to be a little bit more than that
0: I think it has to be a little bit more than that but I'm I'm on the same page as you I don't think it has to be like this remarkable season on either end but just really good seasons on both (laughs) ends and I don't understand how you don't give him the MVP speaking of swings though he has one of the most awkward swings I've ever seen in my life it looks like when I try to swing from the other side of my body to some degree like, it's, it's a very – I don't understand where his power comes. I mean, you see how big he is, yeah. and you see that, you know, he's getting the full rotation. But when I watch it, I'm like, how did that ball go so far? It's such a weird swing.
1: Yeah, and it's got that classic – I don't know. That classic, like, already going to first – but he's already running – as he's, yeah, totally. as he's in the middle of his swing, he's already headed to first base, which makes it yeah, look like really each... awkward when he misses, I think. But when he makes contact and he's already yeah. busting down the line, it's awesome.
0: That's the thing, though. It's like he's running away from the mm-hmm. ball when he's swinging it, which is what Ichiro used exactly. to do. But Ichiro used to like slap the ball and then beat out beat out like infield singles doing that and slap balls into the gap. Shohei Otani is hitting it. the ball almost 500 <laughs> yeah. feet.
1: Yeah. It's like he's a juiced-up... Ichiro. On the topic of Trout, though, I know we, I know I took it off Trout and went to Otani, but back to Trout here for a second. I can't help but think like, there's just this like real this this part of me that like I, I think about at night. I'm tossing and turning, and I'm like, what if Trout was like um, what's his name? The the cyclist, you know, like what if we found out Lance Armstrong? Lance Armstrong. Yeah. What if we find out like five years from now that Trout was on juice this whole time? I a, part think of you that a lot thinks of people that? would
0: oh I've thought that many times. And I actually even went deeper than what you're saying. <laughs> I uh went into the mindset where the MLB was like trying to administer the drugs for him because they like, and not just to him, like to maybe some of the top tier talent in the league, they allow them to do steroids because they want their top tier talent to be exciting and like achieve and not get injured and whatever, whatever, even though basically anyone who's anybody in baseball right now is injured. Um, there's so many fucking injuries in baseball right now. Yep. But I, I do wonder that sometimes, like if if there aren't players that get a little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge needle in the butt,
1: you just look at him. He just like looks like because Jesus.
0: I mean Trout doesn't get injured. I mean he gets injured, but uh, never for like he's never had really like season-ending injuries, and he's also very consistent, right? Like he doesn't go through really big slumps, and I just don't know how you do that. I don't know how, and but I think it's half the reason is because his swing is so short and so like repeatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't remember the last time we really talked about this, but I think it's time to to just dip into it for a second. Vladdy at first base. Where are you at with Vladdy at first base?
1: I mean, is the alternative is rowdy, I guess. And I don't know. I mean, so far to me, Vladdy looks great at first base. I'm not... I, I totally I'm agree. not seeing like a guy who... It doesn't look like it's foreign to him. I was so worried that he had spent so much time at third... That he was gonna be brutal at first, but it just seems like you know he's got to work on doing the splits better, you know, and and getting getting those stretches so he's not coming off the bag. But he's so athletic, like that that play that he stabs out of the air, saves those run that per- times that jump perfectly, and does that sweet like like Johnny Cage scissor kick as he's coming down? Or it just like an extra flourish to to let us know? He's got hops. He's got, I don't know, he looks great.
0: That line drive that was hit to him last night, when they showed that in slow motion, I was a little bit beside myself for a second, man. He got up That's there. That's what I'm saying. He, he was full extension, got up there, snagged that thing. Yep. The game before in Texas, uh, really bold play where he went to third, tried to get the lead runner. On uh, like a little nubber in the infield, I like his instincts. He's got a rocket arm, and you cannot make the argument that he's not an athletic first baseman. No, for sure. Like relative to first basements, he's absolutely an athletic first baseman.
1: Yeah, and he's only going to get better. He's it, and I was and it was it was funny. Like I was watching the hour long pregame or something, and they cut to a shot of Rowdy like giving him a lesson at first base i don't know if you caught that there was a moment where he's like he's like drawing something on the dirt like with his foot like kind of making this like bubble of like where he can be and like sh- just like teaching him something and i was like oh this is this is great rowdy realized he's never playing again and just uh g- giving over to trying to make vladdy the best first baseman i guess i jest <clears throat> <laughs>
0: I wonder if Vladdy is putting pressure on himself to carry this team offensively because there was a time last night when he was up at the plate and like, it was like the pitcher was trying to walk him and Vladdy wouldn't let him. Mm -hmm. I think that was when he got his RBI single.
1: I think the whole team just doesn't quite trust each other yet in one, like one through nine to like keep passing that baton. Like the team just hasn't, we haven't started to gel. We haven't like got hot to the point where it's just like, easy for them they go up and like you do your job you walk you get a hit even if you do strike out you're not worried because you know that guy coming behind you is good at what he does like that to me is what I felt the most in extra innings Simeon was the only guy who didn't strike out but that first hack he took um when he clearly just wanted to end the game right there and I was I was for it because I was like, man, he knows Biggio's coming up behind him. You think you think Simeon's feeling like confident that Biggio's gonna drive in a run? Like maybe he's gonna get on base. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's a that's a huge likelihood right now, but I just feel like unless you got Vladdy behind you, then I don't I don't feel that confident that the guy coming up behind me is gonna get the job done. So that's that's the biggest thing that I feel like was happening with the offense and hopefully Springer coming in and maybe a reworking of the lineup. Uh, we can talk about that. I'd love to hear what you think about re- readjusting the order of the, of the batting lineup, but I, I don't know. I just think I think there's a lack of trust right now with the guys.
0: I want Springer to lead off. I want Vladdy to hit second. I want Simeon to take Vladdy's spot at fifth, and I want Biggio to hit ninth. That's what I want.
1: Okay. So that's that's a little different than what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... Springer leading off, Bo hitting second, Vladdy hitting third, Teoscar hitting fourth, and Simeon hitting fifth. Uh, then Grichuk, then Biggio, or no, then Guriel, <laughs> then Biggio, and then Kirk
0: really funny what you just did because I do that a lot when I'm going over the lineup I'm like who am I missing and it's always Gurriel, and I don't know why that is like he's a really great player I mean when he's when he's going well he's a really really great player but I always my mind always skims over mm-hmm.
1: him well I feel like he's struggling a bit right now he's not seeing the ball but that like that that's even when he's hot. I, I do that in my mind when I'm like yeah, thinking true. about the
0: team. I was like, oh yeah, and Guriel.
1: <laughs> hey, there's a store oh, by your wow. house. I drove by your house today, just called Lourdes. You know that what is that place?
0: It's yeah. coffee shop. Okay. It's the name of it's the name of his grandmother.
1: Mm, nice. Yeah.
0: So Guriel's got a girl's name. Um <laughs> so <laughs> now we have to talk about Jonathan Davis big mistake. How big? Big as lake Ontario,
1: grande grande as big as theon, okay,
0: we can't do that now we're gonna get in
1: <laughs> what's the big nickel
0: <laughs> hey, Randall, sorry to wake you up, uh. I just felt bad for him. To be honest, I wasn't even mad at that moment. I was just, I just felt yeah. bad for him. It's just a horrible thing to happen. You don't get to play too much. You're just in the big leagues for the first time. You're a bit of an older player for the situation that you're in. And it seems like he's a really nice guy. And I just felt bad for him. I mean, it's it's just the, the last thing you want in that moment. And now some people were saying, it seemed like the pitcher balked, but Jonathan Davis came in to pinch run and he got picked off if you did not see the game and it was a real killer
1: yeah particularly because I, I it took me a while to figure out what all of the mechanics of it were because then when kirk was standing at second and i was like oh what a disaster made by <laughs> <I know. laughs> by montoyo here but then i realized oh it's because like he was expe- he was expecting that at least like at least Simeon's going to make the out, and Simeon can run with the best of them on the team. He can steal the bases, like that's fine. You bring in, you bring in Davis there. Hopefully, he can get around and steal a base, get get that run in, and then worst case, you've got you've got Simeon, then Bo, or Simeon, then Cavan, then Bo. Like all of those guys, you're fine being the guy at second. But for it to backfire so perfectly, I know, I know. Oh my god. <laughs> so what did you think i I, honestly i was so shocked by it because because of the way that it was filmed like they were clearly shocked by it where he was out before they they cut the camera to him so i couldn't really tell what had happened if if it was davis like that completely just wasn't paying attention or, or how it happened but It was like,
0: all you heard was Buck get disappointed. He was like, ah, and then you were like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden Davis was out and they cut to commercial. Yeah.
1: Davis is just like with his head down, walking back. (laughs) And there was a shot too, where I was like, he was going down the steps and I was wondering if the players would kind of like still, you know, give him a dap, give him a high five, you know, kind of commiserate with him. But everyone just looked straight ahead and didn't acknowledge him coming in and give him a high five. I was (laughs) like, oh my God. (laughs) That's rough.
0: Well, I I got some other stuff I want to talk about, but just because you just brought this up, I'm going to tell you a little conspiracy that I made up in my head last night. You ready? I know you love a good conspiracy, Jacob. So after Kevin Biggio hit his home run last night and he went into the dugout and people were cheering him and whatnot, they showed a very brief clip in the dugout of Boba walking past Kevin, not even making eye contact for now. There was still a part of the video where if they left it in the dugout, maybe a moment happened, but it looked very like two guys walking past each other. Here's my conspiracy. Okay. They've had a falling out in the off season. And I think the falling out in the off season happened when they were trying to get Francisco Lindor. And then there was rumors about and Simmons. And then they eventually got Marcus Simeon. At Simeon and I think that at some point, Biggio voiced that they should get a shortstop that they that Bo would be better at second base and I think that really offended Bo and I think there's been a break in their friendship and you'll see Bo hanging out with and a lot more when you always used to see him with Cavan. you don't see him with Cavan very much anymore. So you just heard it right here on underdogs Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio no longer friends massive falling apart. It's why the offense isn't gelling they need to come back together. They need to do the care bear stare and get this team back in check.
1: That is fascinating. You know you I I mean, I don't remember if if it was in personal conversation between us or if I talked about it on the show, but I was also saying that I that I it's no longer Bo and Cavan this season and that, that Bo is always with Simeon or there's always a person in between them. It's woohoo man. But this ties into how about that freak out? By Bo Bichette, like, two to three (laughs) innings long. That was... I've never seen anything like that from Bo. Like, I I can understand... Oh,
0: I'm gonna punch this fan. Ooh, but I'm not. Ooh, I'm gonna punch these water bottles, but I don't. Ooh, I'm gonna punch the wall, but nope.
1: I I thought it might have been something personal, something that was happening in the dugout, too, because it caught me so off guard. When they first cut to him, it was, like, halfway through was it Tay Oscar's at bat or yeah, it was through Tay Oscar's at bat. So, and then he's already got like two strikes on him and then they cut to Bo, and he's there like ripping some, ripping it up in the dugout, going, like you said, to punch and then pulling back. I was like, Whoa. And then, you know, Buck saying that he's still steaming about his at bat. And I was, I, at that point, I can't even remember what happened in Bo's at bat to for him to be that mad. But then, like, there was a a
0: very hittable pitch in the at bat, but he didn't hit it. So I guess that's the only thing they're gleaning from for that kind of reaction.
1: But then, like, another inning later, you see him. He looks down at the water bottles. He goes, he's like, he's going to take it, grab a water. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to just, oh, I hate this water bottle flat. He
0: actually wound up to punch the water bottles and like stopped his fist. Like, oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> and that for me was, that's when I really, because I really thought about this for a while last night. Because the the freakout started with him smashing his glove onto the, uh. The bench or whatever yeah. and then he just starts pacing and with like this angered look on his face and people gave him space and he's just going back and forth when normally you see like players going to the clubhouse and you know do whatever they do in there to freak out but then he sits up on top of the bench next to these water bottles and it was almost like this is what i thought about it it was almost like he knew the right. camera was yeah. on and then he was like oh i'm gonna punch these water bottles, but i won't and it was like is that for us uh-huh like do you do you want us to know something about you and the and the, how fired up you get it just and i was for me i'm like hey man if you're gonna punch those water bottles let's crack those water bottles like let's let's have a freak yeah. out if you want to have a
1: freak out have a freak get out. a bat though don't hurt your hands get a bat <laughs> i'm cool uh, I, I love those freak outs get on sports center we all want to see that
0: but for me it added so much more pressure to when he came up then in uh I think it was extra anything in the 10th, and he struck out yeah. again. <laughs> I thought, and he started staring at the picture. I thought he was gonna lose it.
1: I, I'm trying to remember, because there was another moment that I remarked of that just like fascinated Bo's like performance of it and what he wanted to display. And what he didn't, and I wish, I wish that we were on video right now because I'm gonna sort of reenact what happened. I don't know if this was the at bat that led to him doing the freak out, but he had the strikeout. I think it, I think it was a strikeout. Then he went to go slam the bat into the ground, and then right as he's doing that, he stops right before it gets to the ground, and then looks out at the pitcher, sees that the like. It's like he's, he realized that the pitcher was watching him and he, he didn't want, it's like he's trained himself to not let the pitcher know that he's upset. Like some sort of godfather, like never let anyone outside the family know what you're thinking. Like, not don't let the pitcher know that you're mad because that you failed. And he had this cheeky look, like he went, oh, he went oh, and I was like looked and then like kind of like pulled back like no you're not you didn't see that did you like it was it was, a, <laughs> it was the most fascinating thing i just was obsessed with it i, I want i played it back twice because it was so weird i just wish i could remember if that was the at bat that led to him freaking out in the dugout
0: Youth anger in general can be pretty funny youthful anger is uh is is really funny especially like youthful public anger being televised mm-hmm. And there was there was some anger, like you could feel this sort of tension as the game went on, and and they lost the lead, and there was a time where Vladdy got walked, and he yelled something to Lurtis. It was kind of like a like a the me making it up is like a let's fucking go, like. And I and I, I think about this a lot. I think anger is a useful feeling if you can just open up to it. If you can if you can still relax and be really angry, as soon as you get tense and angry, you're mm-hmm. fucked. And I feel like I feel like Bo is tense and angry right now. Yeah. Any- I don't think he's opened up to the anger.
1: Anyone who's ever played golf knows exactly what that sensation is of like how you feel like you should be able to channel your anger into like hitting the ball harder but it only makes the ball slice more and you just keep getting mired deeper and deeper it doesn't help to yeah. be angry and and I feel like it's the same thing with baseball yeah
0: and and I wonder if it led to some of those cuts that we saw of them trying to go yard in extra innings yeah. that uh, were all completely unsuccessful
1: whose who's fault is, can you can you lay the blame of this game on anyone in particular? Who, who oh, lost this? Oh yeah,
0: game? let's blame let's blame somebody. Yeah. One person on the Blue Jays we have to blame. Okay, uh, Ross Stripling. That's who I'm going with.
1: Ross. Yeah. Wow that that surprised me. That ah. <sighs> well who else who else can you
0: make a story for one person whose fault it is? Ah. <sighs>
1: I mean, Jonathan Davis. I'd be like, ah, the game is
0: already. Was that, did he do that when the game was tied or were they di- No, yeah, the game was the tied. The game was tied five, and it five. felt
1: like there was momentum. It was, well, it that's was tough. It was a to turning say. point.
0: It's definitely a turning point. It's definitely not a good moment, but there's nothing to suggest that if Jonathan Davis did not get picked off, that anything would have happened. There is something that you could suggest if uh, anybody other than Tanner Roark or Ross Stripling pitched that the outcome would have been different.
1: I guess I just felt like we were still in the game. You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. b- with Stripling there, I don't know. It, it, it's just as easy to to put it on like a a team striking out, you know? two for 13 or whatever with runners in scoring position, just guys not getting it done with bats. Um, I guess
0: the other uh, easy person to blame for the Blue Jays losing is Mike Trout. Yeah.
1: Or, I mean, can you put blame on Montoya? I don't know.
0: Well, what would be, so you asked me this la- today. You asked me this today. You were like, would I have taken Baruchy out in that moment? Yeah. There's never a moment when a game has gone on for a very long period of time and you've had a long day and you're tired where I will ever say, yeah, bring Dolis in. (laughs) Let's really, let's really get this thing down to a fucking slog for one Um, out
1: just to get one last out.
0: Yeah, I didn't like them bringing Dolis in. I didn't, it wasn't that I minded them taking Brockie out. It was that I didn't. Like if they had a had, like, let's just say as an example, like Merriweather hadn't pitched or something. Yeah, for sure. But of course, you know, if Merriweather hadn't pitched, Barucky wouldn't be pitching. I don't know. Barucky looked good to me. I like Barucky as a reliever. Um, I didn't need to see Dolis, especially because Dolis hadn't been that great yeah. this year. And he kills the, the, the vibe of the game, in my opinion. I don't know if that's a real thing, but from a fan's perspective, he definitely
1: kills the vibe of yep. the game
0: but are you saying you didn't like it
1: yeah i i just i just don't do it you know i know i i'd rather i i i feel like i can't say this but i'm like i'd rather lose with baraki doing that than have to bring in another reliever and lose that way but of course if Dulles came in and struck him out and and the game went on and we had another chance to go for a win then i don't know but uh I, I just would I just would have left him in. I would've I would have stayed with Brucky. I know he walked a guy and he gets credited with the loss. Um, which is unfortunate for him. You know, he's got a runner on second. How does that work? You know? You get you get credited for a loss if you're the losing pitcher because of I don't know, I'm just trying to figure that out. It's it's a strange system with runner on second base.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like an unfortunate thing with the runner on second base. But I mean someone's got to wear it. I don't know who else you'd give it but, to.
1: But how about Romano last night too? He he like he's not like I don't pin him with the loss he came in he came in with the toughest part of the order and like he didn't he didn't have a meltdown but he didn't he didn't come away from it clean. He didn't he didn't he looked very like you know struggling to find his way through that.
0: My thing with Romano right now is Obviously his windup works for him. It allows him to be successful and throw the pitches that he's able to throw high velocity, great breaking stuff. But the way that he throws allows anybody to steal on him. And now people are just doing that. It's just what they do now. They just steal on him and they leave the catcher out to dry because no one's throwing out those runners. So it's like, so now you have to change your delivery and how long does it take for you to change your delivery and still be able to have the same success you have with your pitches, or you just say, fuck it. I'm not changing my delivery. And now every time a base runner gets on, he's getting third base or, you know, like at least second. That's what I was thinking. I mean, cause yeah, he, he might not have been as great last night, but I don't think there was anything glaring, but that was really bothering me. Like how, how prominent his leg kick is and how, how slow his delivery is. I mean, the, the runners are over halfway there before the catcher even touches the ball.
1: Did he even, has he thrown over once? I feel like I can't remember him just checking. He threw
0: over. He did throw over last right. night once, okay. but I don't know, man, I, I don't know what the fix to that is. And I'm sure that's like what they're dealing with too. It's like, well, what do we just hope he doesn't get a base runner on? Or if we hope he doesn't get a guy who's at all fast.
1: Can we get three out of Meriwether by any chance?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that Meriwether went uh, a second inning.
1: I love it, man.
0: Yeah, it's a great sign. It's a it's an absolutely great sign. It just surprised me. If he because like I said last episode, he's he's dying.
1: I thought about this. This is kind of have you if you could build Meriwether up through being like a reliever through being a closer basically. And just like, so he, he threw one inning this time, like just like making spring training be in the season, built him up. Would you do that to try and get him into the starting rotation naturally over the course oh, of, of of this?
0: <clears throat> no, I think people naturally find their spots in life. And I think that you just have to be like, that's who you are. He, he had a whole bunch of years to be a starting pitcher. didn't work out. And now he's found this spot where he's extremely effective. And I think that you should leave them there for whatever reason it works and don't question it. Don't try to, you know, stretch more gold out of this one coin, just leave them there and have a really like there it's not, it's not a um, position of like no value to have this incredible late inning reliever who can get outs at the rate that he gets Mm -hmm. out. So I think at his age of 29, leave it be. Yeah.
1: That's that's cuz
0: if he's if they stretch him out, he's not throwing 99.
1: That sounds logic. I think he's still throwing like 97 98.
0: I don't think so, man. No. Well, his arm his arm has never gone through
1: that. Well, we probably won't find out. I doubt there's, there's any reason that they will uh, attempt to do that, so he's he still yeah. looks good though. And I'm I'm psyched for him. The Jays are back at it tonight with a
0: chance to get back to a fucking 500. Uh, they're still listed as TBD. Do you know who's pitching tonight? No idea.
1: Wait, I feel yeah, like I they, they, they said who was pitching last night, isn't it? TJ Zoic. Wouldn't it be? TJ Zoic. Matt's uh, TJ Zoic. Is it supposed to be Matt's yeah. now? No, it's TJ
0: Zoic. Yeah, let's assume it's Matt's.
1: No, it's TJ Zoik with David Phelps Does, It just says
0: TBD of what I'm looking at right now, and it said TBD all day. It's TJ's like...
1: Know, that doesn't make sense. I thought that the Roark one was TBD. They wouldn't commit to that. But I think Charlie said he was pitching the first... Maybe, the but it's TJ's like games. tonight with David Phelps <laughs> opening. Uh-huh.
0: So we got the comeback player of the year on the mountain tonight. No, we Stephen we We want to thank all of you. And we wanted to leave this uh, moment for the end of the podcast. Because this is just about the greatest thing that's ever happened to Jacob and I. So as you've known in the last two episodes, we've asked um, for reviews to help us out. We want to communicate with you guys. We want to hear what you think. We want to to know that you're alive. We want to know that we're not just doing this for bots. And so we got a great review uh, the episode before. And then yesterday, we get a review from a user named Ross Atkins. And so I'm just going to assume that that's legit Ross Atkins because the internet's never lied to me before. So Ross Atkins has left a review on Apple podcast says great show that combines humor and a knowledge of baseball, where they do a great job of displaying the point of view of an everyday fan such as in the game diary. Now for new listeners, game diary is something that we are going to get back to doing. I think we're going to do game diaries again. Aren't we Jacob? I
1: I was wondering if we were going to talk about that. (laughs) I think that the fans are clamoring for it. Everyone's (laughs) dying for another game diary. We did a day diary, a day in the life of, of someone living through uh, lockdown um, and but a game dive this is family. a request from the GM of the team. game dive this is uh, yeah, Ross Ross and I have a relationship. obviously you guys who have been listening to the show recently, you heard my meeting with him. I've got a feeling, you know, based especially on him reaching out like this. I feel like it's a it's a it's an olive branch that he's reaching back trying to get me. He knows that I was upset the way that the security took me out of the out of the office, um, down down at the at the ballpark. And uh so I'm thinking that it's a sign that I'm going to be back in the in the front office. The fans are going to be able to have a voice. I'm going to be able to keep asking him about Tanner Roark especially now. Like I feel like maybe he saw the Tanner Roark start and he's like, "You know what? He's he's right. He's right. Tanner Roark. Anyway,
0: I don't see it like that. I see this him this as being like it's good that you moved on jacob you're doing other things stick to your other things
1: okay maybe maybe you're right (laughs) in any case keep them coming love because we want more reviews it only helps us and what helps us helps you
0: yeah and tell us tell us what you think of this incredible uh beau Beau bichette cabin conspiracy yeah um we'd we'd love to hear from you i'm sure most of you are going to think it's absolute trash because it probably is but the few of you out there that have seen what i've seen and are with me we want to hear from you the
1: podcast app in general needs a rework right like why is there no comment board for each episode why can't why can't the fan like why is there no like youtube comments where like each episode you type in like great point on this and we can interact like there's it's it's a dead app from a different generation right like we're we need to we need to evolve this and 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 we do have plans out there fans we're gonna we're thinking about ways that we can expand the show perhaps through video perhaps through a live show those are all things that we're we're cooking up we're working on and we want to have a more interactive experience but until then please rate the show review the show if you're on apple Podcasts, if you're on spotify follow whatever yeah follow i think that's what they call it if you're if you're on twitter follow us there at underdogs canada let's let's get it
0: for god's sakes relax relax everybody and enjoy the game tonight